Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. With the Vespa Club of Paris. Yes. There was like a, a post on Facebook mm-hmm. from this Vespa Club. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, anybody who has a Vespa in Paris, you are welcome for a shootout of a promotion film for Paris Saint-Germain. Mm-hmm. They didn't say it was for Buffon or anything. Oh, that's how... And they said, but if you have a Jose of Paris, it could be good. <laughs> oh, so that's how they got all the yeah, motorcade and everything like yeah, that? Yeah. I, I made a picture of yeah. a Vespa and an Italian flag. Yeah, that's it. You were there. Yeah, um, uh, the Italian flag, all, o- all over Italian flags in France during the World Cup, and it was the 9th of July, mm-hmm. the day that Italy won the World Cup yes, in 2006 yes. against <laughs> France. <laughs> People spoke about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were, yeah, you were in France for Buffon's unveiling. Yeah, and uh, I think it was, it was weird, as Roman said, that there were no too many people yeah. But at the end, I think it was a sort of excitement. I mean, Gigi Buffon is still yeah. like a yeah. great figure See, of Italian football in Ligue 1 and See, nobody cares about club football unless you're Dan Burke. Unless it also is Francesco. But <laughs> <laughs> Dan is going to get up. What time are you going to get up? Uh, 3 a.m. I think. Six, on six, on Friday morning, Borussia Dortmund in the International Champions Cup, which is bigger than the World Cup because it's the international champions, not just the world. <laughs> of course, yeah. So I'll be there. So you're really going to get up at three a.m. in the morning to watch Manchester City? I'm that sad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have the day off the next day. So. So what? <laughs> so your, your parents instead are in of town. going out, parents are in town. Yeah, I'll be meeting them at nine at the airport, but. And will you be discussing right away with your dad about the the match? Would you sort of break it down with him? Uh, probably, yeah. I don't know. Because he'll have stayed up to watch it as well, right? Potentially, yeah, potentially. So yeah, we'll probably thrash it out, you know. What with your family? Would your, <laughs> <laughs> your mum still up to watch it? No. Um, Step too far. She, she's, I mean, she, she's city daft as well, but I don't know whether she would actually go to those lengths. Okay. Yeah. She's the more normal of the group. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Brothers or sisters, they wouldn't stay up? Uh, my brother might actually. He often works overnight as well, so uh, he, he oh. might he might watch it. Yeah. Goodness me! <laughs> I tell you what, I won't be doing at three a.m. on Friday morning. <laughs> anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Dan Burke. Hello, Francesco Porzio. Ciao, and Roman Velter. Hi. The usual email if you want to get in touch: podcast at onefootball.com. Get all your questions in, or get onto iTunes, give the pod a rating, and leave a comment to let us know how you think we're doing. Roman. Yes. <laughs> How does it feel today? Great, great. We I've never seen as big a smile on one person <laughs> really? as I have right now. That's me. That's me today. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it will last for a couple of days. That's it also about the World Cup. It's all about the the games and everything, but then when you see the party in France, it's like it's back to 1998 and this is incredible, I think. Um do you miss being in France for because you were here in Berlin. Yes. I mean, we... You get FOMO. We enjoyed yesterday because we were with everybody and everybody was maybe not happy for friends, but happy for us at least. <laughs> yeah. But well. then you don't, have the, you don't have the party with your family, your friends and everything. So, And then you have the image. So. Yeah. Have they been sending you videos from back home? Yes. From Paris and a bit everywhere. So. Okay. It's okay. Can I just well, say I wasn't happy for you, by the way? Yes, <laughs> for you, were. you or France. I saw. You were for Croatia. No, nah, I don't really care. I okay. was. I was happy for them. Yeah. Why I know not? Francesco definitely wasn't for Croatia. <laughs> yeah, well. uh, <laughs> the best team won, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
over the course of the tournament, over the course of that game, France were the best team. And it makes me think if England had actually got to the final, they probably would have got a similar sort of beating. So I think it was uh, yeah, fair enough in the end. Right. I said to Roman, when was that? May? Yes. That France was going to win the World Cup. And I'm so happy for France because... You said to him in May? Yeah, yeah. Yes. May the 4th. <laughs> at 10 o'clock. <laughs> but actually he said that. Yeah, you and, did. And um, I have to say that a part of being happy for Roman and our French team, I was happy for the country itself because, you know... They passed difficult years in the last years uh, for other reasons. And seeing Paris like this with the colors of France, and mm. I was happy to see a country all there for one, another reason, and which is football. And uh, so I think that's very, it's back to normality now, finally. I think that's one of the nicer points is that the, uh, the history of the squad, at least the, the sort of family history of the larger squad is very much from Africa and that you see uh, these, the immigrants uniting, uh, you know, in all types of colours and it's brilliant to see. Yeah, it was already the story in 1998, what we were calling this uh, team Black Blomber. So it was white people, people from Maghreb and black people and here's the same story again. So we had the experience from 1998. We know that it will last only for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. But it's already good to have everybody together, not thinking about the problem, just uh, enjoying being French or living in France at least. Yeah, very nice to see. Were you, were you nervous at any point throughout yes. the game? Yeah. <laughs> because Yester I wasn't. I was totally confident yeah. France were going to win. Yester totally confident. Yesterday, during, I mean, before the game, everybody in France was saying it will be easy. We beat uh, Belgium, Croatia, it would be okay. They are so tired. And then during the first half, they were the better team, really. We were really lucky to lead 2-1 at the end of the first half. So we saw that it was difficult. We saw that Conte was not as good as usually. So we were a bit worried, yes, during the first half. What happened with Conte? I didn't quite understand the substitution. Honestly, I think he was probably sick or something. Because I don't see how he would have made uh, so many small uh, mistakes like this. Mm -hmm. And then Croatia also was smart because they made a lot of pressure on Conte. And if he has pressure, he has more difficulties to pass the ball quickly and this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He was on a yellow card as well, yeah, wasn't it? I don't know if that influenced the decision to bring him off. That's oh, yeah, maybe. But I, I did... I I, never bring him off. <laughs> I, I, did, I did find it incredibly unusual that I was sort of watching with the sound half down because I was looking after my daughter. Uh, so I didn't quite understand everything, but it just seemed unusual that he would be... Yeah, it was off, very strange, yeah. yeah. Um, when did you then... When did you relax? When did you know it was done? 3-1. We won, we thought, okay, now it's done, they will not come back. We are really lucky today. It's not possible that they come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that pass by Pogba for the third goal, wow. I, maybe one of my highlights of the tournament, I would say. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, it was sensational. And he did the same against Argentina, so it's not like a luck or anything. He really can make this kind of pass, and it's really amazingly perfect technically and in the vision mm -hmm. of the game. It's amazing. And then to finish it off, I, I th if I'm not wrong, I think he took the first shot with his right foot and yes. then the second one with his left foot. Yeah, and he was really composed. He took his time. He checked where Subajic was or was not. And then he put it uh, quite well. So, impressive. You had an interesting point about Subasic. 
that you stole from somebody else. <laughs> I did, yeah. Credit to Daniel Story from Football 365 for this, but he was talking about um, the two goals that he conceded uh, against France and, and sort of other stuff that he'd done in the tournament where he was saying that um, as a, he does something that a goalkeeper shouldn't do is that he plants his feet too hard into the ground, which basically means that when he's facing a shot, it's like a penalty shootout. He has to kind of guess which way the shot's going to go, whereas if you're on your toes, you can react quickly to stuff. And um, that was the case with that Pogba goal and even more so with the Mbappe goal, I think. Okay. He's taking the Shea given approach to go. <laughs> um, Roman, if you had to single out any French player for praise, who would it be? I, I think it's difficult to single one player because. Uh, Is it going to be Olivier Giroud? No. And his grand total of zero shots on goal throughout yeah, the tournament? It, it will not be Giroud, but still, he was kind of the symbol of this team because he worked a lot for everyone. I think he showed the example also to the other ones that we had to fight. Mm-hmm. We are maybe not the best team technically and everything, but if we fight, we can make something. So obviously, if, we, if I had scored one or two goals, it would have been better. But if I had to take point out one player, before the final, I would have said Kante, but he was really bad yesterday. So I would say Pogba because he was almost on the same level for every game. And I think he really changed during this World Cup. Before it was like, about the haircut, about the style, about uh, what people think about me. And now he really showed on the, on the field that he can be a leader, not only uh, creating something, but also working a lot beside uh, Conte. So Has something changed in him that, that that's happened? Because I, I, I noticed the exact same thing as you did throughout the tournament. I don't think something changed because, for instance, in 2013, when they won the World Cup under 20, Mm-hmm. He was more or less the same on the field. He was already the leader and he wanted to win. But I think in this generation, in his group, they really had the will to go to this World Cup and to win it. And I think that with Deschamps probably, so Deschamps is not the kind of manager who will uh, make you play wonderful football and everything. But he has this mindset and he has the, the capacity to, to make them understand how they should play and what they have to put on the field to, to win the games. And I think this was also part of the, the change and of that course, we saw in Pogba and also in Varane, I think. And of course, they would remember him from 1998. Yes, also. Uh, they play like an Italian team, French, to the tournament. Oh yeah, go on. In fact, the... Uh, Is this you trying to claim credit for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, just saying that the Italian, like Gazzetta like Sport, Italian newspaper, uh, the title today was uh, Al Italian. Yes. Uh, the Italian way to win. Not really. Did they say that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. But jokes apart, I think that uh, sometimes we for we forgot about how Pogba is good. How good yeah, he is. Yeah, I think, yeah. And in Manchester United, you know, he has a lot of pressure. He was paid 110 million, so they think that he can change every game, but he's not that kind of player. Uh, so I think we forgot about how good was Pogba. And mm. to yesterday, we, we all remember at the mm. same time. To me, he was back at his Juventus standard. Yeah. I, w- I watched him quite a bit at Juventus and remember thinking, this guy is going to be the player. And it, to me, he's getting back to that level. Yeah. I mean, you would have seen a bit of him at Juventus as well, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think that um, I think when he was Juventus, he wanted to arrive mm. at, at a certain level. He had the mental like uh, idea that he wanted to go to Manchester United. He wanted to be the best player in the world. When he arrived at Manchester United, probably he, he thought that he was already done. You know, and he was arrived at the top level of football, and he didn't have to improve as much as he did in the past. So after all the, the critiques that he had in the last years, maybe. He got at one point and said, "Okay, I need to win the World Cup yeah. to mm-hmm. 
reconsider myself to be one of the top players in the world and I think he did and now we all are saying that he's one of the best yes. players in the world yeah. so he won again I noticed noted Manchester City fan Dan Burke is not saying anything <laughs> at this point <laughs> just sitting quietly in the corner there taking it all in yeah. <laughs> fun fact Paul Pogba is the first ever Manchester United player to score in a World Cup final what took him so long oh. <laughs> I thought they were a big club oh that's cruel um, Roman we've mentioned 98 how does this team compare to that one? Better, worse, more balanced? I think the first thing is that they are much more younger. In 1998, we had uh, Deschamps, Blanc, Desailly, Lisa Azou, Djorkaev. They were all more or less around 30-something. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It was also organized in France, so it was more or less organized so that we can at least reach semi-final or final. Uh, Every home nation does that, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's not weird. That's the, that's the thing. That's how they do it. And this one, I mean, we thought that they could go maybe to semi-final, but we didn't expect them to go so far. And uh, what was really impressive is the the way they managed to um, deal with every game, every tactical problem that the opponent gave. And I think against Argentina, against Uruguay and against Belgium, they really did it well, maybe a bit less against Croatia. So this was impressive. And I think compared to 98, there is much more talent in this team. In much 1998, yes, there was no, there was no Pogba, there was no Mbappé. Of course, there was Zidane, but I think he yeah. was the, he was the star and a bit alone. Uh, besides Djokovic, uh, they also had Thierry Henry, yeah, and Guy Varsh. But Guy Varsh, he was the, he was the Giro of 1998. He, he scored like yeah. a 50 goals during the season and during the World Cup, none. Giro didn't score 50 goals during the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, they're gonna walk the next World Cup too, then given that there's so much talent there. I mean, for the next World Cup, we need to change uh, more or less Giro, which should be easy, yeah. Lloris, and then we can go back with the same team more or less. Wait, 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 Italy is going to be back, so yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. And they did all of it without Samir Nasri. I'm shocked. Yes, I think he is too. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's sort of remarkable for me anyway, and it's something we, we touched upon a bit before, is how well the entire squad get along. Is that just me reading too much into it all, into the goal celebrations? But it looked like quite a united squad, which is can be unusual for France, let's say. I think the the thing there is during such a World Cup is that, and even more with Deschamps, you had 11 players and the others, they almost didn't play. And so, for instance, someone like Mendy or Sidibe, before mm. the World Cup, everybody thought they would play. But finally, they didn't almost just play one game, the one that didn't come for anything. But as we saw, they were the one putting some energy in the in the team, in the group, they were happy like everyone. So I think it's not just a narrative. Mm-hmm. It was really a great group, uh, willing to leave something together, something big. And even the one that were not on the pitch, they understood that if they brought that energy and that uh, joy, at the end they would be world champion like the other ones. Okay. So can I add something here? Like, Is it about Benjamin Mendy? <laughs> no, no. Is that you need this to win the World Cup. Yeah. There is no other way. Mm-hmm. I think that the difference, think about Argentina, uh, we were talking more about the players who didn't play than the players who actually played in mm-hmm. the World Cup. Yeah. And in France, we never talk about Mendy not yeah. playing. I mean, maybe in France, yes, but in, not too, in yeah, general, not it's not play. a big topic, you know yeah. what I mean? So that yeah. means that the group is solid and they are stick to the goal to win the World Cup. And yeah. that's what you need. Benjamin Mendy played about an hour of football this season. I know exactly how long he played, actually. What? 401 minutes. Premier League title and World Cup winner. So yes. Not bad. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Economical. Um, the big question, of course, was it a free kick? No. <laughs> I thought it was a free kick. Did you think? It was I a thought free it was a free kick. Yeah. I thought you could you could say that was a free kick. I think it wasn't actually. Um, he didn't touch it. 
No, but he touched it. He did touch him. I'm pretty sure so. he did. Free, what do you think, uh, well, I mean, the, your opinion doesn't count for this one. Uh, <laughs> was it a penalty? I don't even know what a penalty, what a handball is anymore, to be honest. It's so confusing, isn't it? I mean, that situation was, when you first saw it in real time, the referee obviously didn't see anything. He didn't give it. So then he goes and checks the VAR. He watches it from six angles, slowed down. Everything looks worse in slow motion, doesn't mm. it? So it probably did look like a handball, but then that's not the way the game is played. The game isn't played in slow motion, so I'd, I, I honestly have no idea. I think it how was long did the referee take though. He took like two minutes to watch mm. it because I think the referee was not willing to to give the penalty and the Italian VAR, by the way, Irrati. Thanks. Who was there? So we and played as Italian. He, Italian VAR. <laughs> 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 I think that since in Italy uh, we have the VAR since last year. Uh, they're giving this kind of penalties now in Italy. and That's nonsense. It wasn't a penalty. I think it was a penalty, actually, but maybe because I'm biased and I know that uh, now in Italy they give this kind of penalty, so I, it's another concept, but I still f think that it was a penalty. And, I, uh, I think we also have to trust the VR at the end. There is the technology. I, I don't there are five yeah. people working on it, so if they say that, it's bad. I don't blame VAR. I think VAR is fine, but I blame the referee. I think if you need to look at that situation for two minutes or whatever it was, then you're probably not entirely sure if it's a penalty. And if you're not entirely sure it's a penalty, then you can't award it. Yeah, but that would then be my the, reading of it. It's, it's the same with the... How do you say? Um, goal line technology? For the Joko? The offside. The offside. Yeah. If you're not sure, you should, it should be for the attacking team. Normally, that's the rule. So why not for the penalty? I mean, of course they have to fix the VR. That's for sure. They have yeah. to fix the the rules, the how they use it, yeah. in which situation they use it. But at the end, I think the VR was good for the entire tournament. And finally, there were no big mistakes, yeah. huge mistakes. There were no big huge mistakes. We didn't speak so much about it during the uh, quarterfinals, semifinal, and everything. Mm. So. I think that was good. Mm. Also. We got an email in from Josh Luis who uh, asks, any ideas on what else can be done to implement standard procedures that VAR is used on, like double checking on every free kick or uh, it just seems like we have the tech now and we should use it. I mean, it's a good point. How do we make VAR standard? And sh I mean, it shouldn't be used on all free kicks. That would slow down the, no. that would just slow down the game. But it does need to be standardized, I would say. Yeah, I mean... the there's no reason why they can't be looking at every decision in the little VAR room, is there, and, and if there's a mistake been made. But at the end of the day, the referee has to have some autonomy as well because the referees were doing a fine job for 150 years of well, football, you know, before... Well, yeah, they were doing, they were doing fine. There were certain yeah. things that they needed help with, which they're now getting that help with. But for an instant like that free kick where the referee's seen it, you've still got to let him make the call. And, you know, going back to the penalty for a second, there's four of us in this room. What, you think it was a penalty? I think it was probably a penalty. What do you think? It penalty. penalty yeah. And you don't. So... There's, you know, yeah. everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. At the end of the day, the ref it's up to the referee to exactly. make the decision. The problem is it, because so. there is no uh, objectivity in football. And the base of VAR, I mean... The sh the yeah, but the be, referee but there is, is there for the objectivity. But it's still subjectivity at the end yes. because it's his eyes are different sure, from my yeah. eyes and his eyes. Mm. So the, the concept of VAR is that VAR can intervene when the error is clear. But when, the, when is the uh, error clear? By the letter of the law, that was a deliberate handball, what Perisic did, because he moved his hand towards the no, ball. No, yeah, but no, but wait, wait, wait. In the, in the penalties, it's for sure, in every occasion, mm -hmm. it's, uh, the VAR has to intervene yeah. if there's something wrong. 
But the so argument you other... make against it is that, well, he couldn't get his hand out of the way of it, really, because it was it came at him so fast. What's he supposed to do? And it looks worse in slow motion. Of course, yeah. It's a lo- long discussion. It is a long discussion. <laughs> These discussions are never going to go away. It's, never. We've exactly. just got to accept that. No. Okay. Um, what happened to Croatia? Was it just a game too much for them, or tactically did they get outdone? Um, I think they were very, very tired of the previous games, for sure. And those three games. Was it three or two games that went to extra time? Three, three games. Three and games. also, I think the pressure, especially of the last of the second half, they didn't mm-hmm. have the uh, ability to handle that. Uh, because they played a very good first half, yes. And then when they were done in the second half, they, they couldn't like come back. And I think that because they were not used to playing these kind of games. Yeah. Most of these players think about Perisic. He has like five appearances in Champions League. Mm-hmm. He was playing a Champions League final. Mm. Uh, sorry, a World Cup final. So okay, you have Modric, but uh, he was the one player who coped. I would say. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Him and Mandzukic. When he's not handing in on goals. <laughs> <laughs> Any other talking points about the game? We need, anybody would like to raise? The first goal was offside, by the way. Pogba Actually, was offside. Actually, yeah. I saw I saw an image. He was offside. So the VAR should have pulled that back, really. Oh. Yes, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. There was a picture with the lines and all that. Uh-huh. Really. Thanks, Francesco. <laughs> well, you see that, Lakeep? <laughs> no, the, the Parisian probably. <laughs> uh, anybody want to argue with Luka Modric getting the golden ball? Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, go on. I think That's it should have been Mbappe. No. I think they've given it to Modric and given Mbappe the young player so they could both get an award. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think it should have been Mbappe. I mean, he scored in the final. He was probably... Modric was great, don't get me wrong, but I think Mbappe just edged it with that goal in the final. I would say if we have to... Put out like a, a Croatian players, maybe more Perisic than Modric. No, at the end. come on. Why not? He scored a goal Modric, in the semi final. He scored Mo- a goal in the final. Modric he did the assist ran- in the semi final to the Mandzukic goal. Modric ran the team. I think Roger, yeah, Kante runs, the te- Kante runs the team for the French <laughs> national team, but nobody cares about him. We are okay. always talking about uh, Griezmann and Mbappe. A couple of people saying Mbappe shouldn't have got the young player of the tournament. Who else? I don't, I don't really know, but they were Rafael Varane, but he's too old for it, isn't he? Twenty-five, yeah, like, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, there's no way. Uh, I mean, it was. I mean, yeah. It's still, after Pelé is the youngest uh, <laughs> player to score in the World Cup final. Like, yeah. Come on, that's true. Okay, well, well done, France. Thanks. Congratulations, Roman. I thought you were integral to their uh, achievements. <laughs> yeah. Let's get back to serious stuff. Yeah, now. Let's get back. <laughs> Dan, what was your favourite moment of the World Cup? Uh, on a personal level, it was England winning the penalty shootout against Colombia. Um, oh. Obviously, the first time England ever won a World Cup penalty shootout. Yeah. And as I think I said on the podcast before, that was like my generation's 1966 moment <laughs> in, a, in a very sad way. So yeah, that was my personal highlight. And Roman, I think we know yours, do we? It was France-Argentina. Oh. Because then we understood that maybe they could do something. Yeah. And they had an impressive game. They came back also from... Being two one uh, down, so best game for us. For me, it was clearly Germany losing against <laughs> Korea. <laughs> That's your favorite moment of the favorite entire... moment of the World Cup for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I will never forget. Haven't Italy inflicted enough pain on Germany already? No, I mean, we, that you ruined two thousand and six. We just started. We just started. 
goodness me. Yeah. My favourite moment was the fans carrying around the cardboard cutout of their friend <laughs> the who, couldn't quite, yeah, yeah. who couldn't quite make it to the stadium. <laughs> um, the most disappointing moment, I'm guessing for you, is not Germany's exit. No, absolutely not. Is For me, it's Argentina because I was uh, very... I, I really like Argentina as a country and uh, some of the players that play there also, even if Icardi wasn't in the squad. But I was very sad to see them like falling apart like that with some Pauli couldn't handling anything of this team and yeah, um, some Pauli who's now sacked. Yeah, yeah. he's now sacked. Yeah. I'm sacked because he gets two millions for that. But I, I thought it was twenty million. No, no, he, they deal like they, did, they made it because deal. they cannot afford twenty millions for okay. just the two million. Just how, the two how million. will he get by? Yeah, that's disappointing moment for you, Rom. Uh, Spain globally, but even more Spain Russia. I think it was one of the worst games from the World Cup. Of course, they did uh, 5,000 passes, but all for nothing. Mm. So from uh, Lopetegui going two days before the World Cup until this game, I think it was really uh, disappointing to see this Spain uh, being this low. See, I like to see pre-World Cup meltdowns like that. I, I enjoy that sort of thing. <laughs> it's in our Irish blood. Uh, Dan? Well, I didn't expect much from Argentina or Spain going into the tournament, but the team I did expect a lot from was Brazil, and I was really disappointed by them. I didn't enjoy watching them very no, much, Brazil, absolutely. and I was I was looking forward to that, but what can you do? I yeah. think it will be very interesting to see how these teams will handle the after-work, mm -hmm. like Argentina, Germany, we're forgetting about Germany, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, um, what are the others? Brazil, yeah, Brazil. also. But even France, after the winning, like, what, what, how are they doing? Like, is Deschamps going to stay or not? Yes, like, he will stay. Oh, will Deschamps stay? will stay? He said yesterday that he will stay. So. Yeah, of course, now, yes. See, <laughs> this is the lesson that Yogi Love didn't learn. Mm. I would, now I would, I'd give up management if I were Didier Deschamps. He'll, it can't get any better than this. I think it's a bit different because Deschamps, he will stay with the same generation. He will not have like Lam leaving or Schweinsteiger mm -hmm. or this kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He will have the same generation, more or less the same team for two or four years. Yeah, but so still I he, think can he, do, he can cope he with He cannot uh, do better than that. He cannot do better, but he can uh, do the same once again. So yeah. No, it's not going to happen, man. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have given them my, I'd have handed in my papers as soon as they had the hands on the trophy. If I were Deschamps. <laughs> um, biggest flop of the tournament? Germany? It's got to be Germany, hasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah Germany yes. for sure. Okay. We, well, everyone put them yeah. in the semi final at least. Yes. Oh. Um, in a big crash above us. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, of course, Germany. Okay. Uh, nobody mentions Neymar. An artist, I just got a message from my wife on the way over. Uh, an artist has now made a font out of Neymar's different dive positions throughout <laughs> the World Cup. Excellent. Yeah, nice. Uh, favorite story of the tournament? Uh, mine was the Egypt goalkeeper, SM Al-Hadari, saving that penalty against uh, Saudi Arabia. He already became the oldest player to play at a World Cup, um, going into the game and then saved a penalty. It was great. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. One of their feel-good stories. Never too late, boys. <laughs> I think it's probably a bit too late for everybody <laughs> in this room. Uh, Francesco, your favourite your favorite story from the tournament? Uh, my favourite is actually after the tournament when Lucas Torreira went back to Uruguay in his hometown, uh, like 20,000 people uh, in the border with um, Argentina. And all the t the home his hometown, they welcomed him. And he was like a, a star. And you could see his face. He couldn't believe that his friends were there. Everyone was watching him. And this summer completely changed his life. He was playing in Sampdoria last year. 
and now he played a great World Cup with Uruguay and now he's going to Arsenal and you have to see the video it's very emotional and you see him his face is almost crying and in, like in this car and the people <laughs> there they want to touch him like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo no? yeah. it's Lucas Torreira in his hometown so it's <laughs> great <laughs> did anybody see the, the general welcome home for Uruguay it was insane yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they really liked him over there. I don't know if has anybody ever been to Uruguay it's a beautiful country with great people I yeah, would highly I should, recommend should go there uh, your your favorite story? Uh, for me, it was Iran, when the families and the women could go to the stadium finally oh, to see a game of Iran. Mm-hmm. This, I think, it was an impressive story, and mm-hmm. I, f- I hope it will continue beyond the, the World Cup. And yeah, the, Qatar and the 2022. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite parts of the entire tournament was that there wasn't uh, there was this general expectations of violence and that there would be clashes and everything like that. The absence of that and I don't want to say the absence of racism because I guess there was still some there, but the the fact that that wasn't as widespread as we all feared, that that for me was was mm-hmm. nice. That and Conor McGregor calling uh, Vladimir Putin one of the greater le- greatest leaders around. Oh, God, God, Conor. <laughs> Why didn't anyone say to him, "Don't do that, Conor"? <laughs> Just don't. I feel like they should say that about his suits too. He's always wearing these chick yeah. suits with the matching the waistcoat. Approach, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, the best match of the tournament, Roman. For me, it was Brazil-Belgium, because I think it was more or less, more or less like a final. Yeah. And I, uh, I was happy also to see Belgium going through, so I enjoyed this game. That was, that was a cracker of a game, yeah. all right, yeah. I think France-Belgium, in terms of the quality, I think that was the best the best uh, game we saw. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was Spain-Portugal. Oh, yeah, we forget, forget about, about that. that. We forget about yeah. that one, but it was... Also because I predicted the three-three, I don't know how, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I think it was the best best game of the tournament overall, and the Cristiano Ronaldo game was amazing. It was his really only his his really only mark on the tournament, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was yeah. for sure his best game of the tournament. Yeah. He didn't play a lot of games, but that's for sure one of the best. No, and he distracted everybody from it yesterday when he arrived in he Turin. Arrived through five What's minutes that? before the halftime. I think it was five forty-one. Yeah. I was checking Twitter for some, you know, funny tweets about the final, and I just saw Juventus tweeted, "Oh, who, look who is there! Cristiano Ronaldo landing Turin, right?" Thanks. I believe he didn't watch the game. He didn't watch the probably on the plane. It's not yeah. like he was on Ryanair and he had to catch a flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a private jet. Care you can go about, you want, think does he care about France, Croatia? Doesn't care about so. football. He doesn't care about himself. Is that what we're saying? Do you, th- <laughs> do you think he watched the final? He, he landed at half time, so unless he watched the first half on the plane and the second half in the taxi, I don't see how he could have done, you know. That's a good point. When we go, just to go back to favourite story for the moment, Kieran Trippier getting uh, the freedom of Bury uh, is also. also <laughs> he gave it straight back, apparently. Did you read? <laughs> no. <laughs> but he should do. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, what would we like to see change next time around? More teams. That's what you want, isn't it? No. We want Italy in the World Cup. That's what we want. <laughs> That's what you want to see different next time. Oh my god! I, any any sensible suggestions? What you like to see? <laughs> sensible, very sensible. Sensible next time around. This sounds like a cop out <clears throat> answer, but I wouldn't change anything yeah. about the World Cup. Oh, it's fine as it is. Leave it. I think the the use of VAR can be improved for sure, and I think that will be better next World Cup. Should be better. Four years of more uh, games, referees that are used to it. Hopefully, UEFA will decide to use VAR mm. also, and I think that should be better next World Cup. Roman, anything you would change? No, oh, I like it. I, I <laughs> <think it was laughs> of course. Leave it like this. <laughs> okay. 
uh, now I want your top three players of the tournament and I want them in order as well. Dan, you want to kick this off? Yeah, Mbappe, Modric and Kante. What? <laughs> you're putting, What's wrong with that? You're putting Kante yeah. ahead of Modric. No, behind Modric. Oh, sorry. So, so who oh, was first? That was, that was, so Mbappe first, Modric second, Kante Oh, you did third. it the wrong way. Oh, oh. should have counted down. <laughs> okay, so Mbappe first... Modric and Kante. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, as Francesco said, he's the, the last teenager to score in a World Cup final was Pele. So yeah. that's, that's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, your top three players in order. And if you could go from three to one, please. And not oh, con- from three to one? From three to one. Okay, yes. I'm going Pickford as number three. You wow. are joking. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going with Modric and then we're going with Mbappé. Sorry, you weren't joking about Pickford? No, I was not joking. <laughs> really? The ahead. save that he made against Colombia, did you forget about that one? It was incredible. The best save of the tournament so far. It was very good actually, yeah. Although it might have been going Tell me wide. another goalkeeper <laughs> is it that can be in the in the in the top three. Uh oh yeah, now you're me. <laughs> it's certainly not the hair. Yeah? Courtois. Yeah, Courtois. Was Courtois, Courtois was probably the best Courtois. keeper at the tournament. Courtois, Courtois also was good, yeah. Got yeah. golden gloves. Yeah. Also. But I mean, we are here for make our <laughs> rankings, not the FIFA yeah. the rankings. So. <laughs> That's true. So, so who did you go for number two? I go with Modric. Yeah. Number one, Mbappe, of course. Oh my God. Did you used to consult before this? No, but no. I'm going to change my number one, Dejan Lovren. Okay, yeah. Uh, because he's the best one defender. Of the best, one of the best in the world, okay. so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is uh, this an all French number three? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, go on. Number three? Uh, number three, Azad. Oh, yeah, you, you two forgot about that now. Number two, Modric, like everyone. And number one, Pogba. Out of no the ranking, Mbappe? even Perisic, best player of the tournament, for sure. <laughs> Don't start. Okay, one final question, and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, was it a good World Cup? Yeah, it was amazing, yeah. I don't know if it was the best ever, as people are saying. I don't really know how you quantify that. I think the fact that it took place in the social media era, it was the first one to really do that, means people experienced it a little bit differently than they did previously, and perhaps that makes it feel like it was better than all the ones that have gone before mm-hmm. but it was amazing yeah better than I expected a lot better okay that's quite positive <laughs> yeah. and I also think that workups can just improve I mean the experience that we can have the the, the fans can have and of course it's objective uh, yeah. for me the best workup was 2006 for you was this the one worst. for you was well see you next time <laughs> <laughs> so you thought it was overall you thought it was a good workup I think so, yeah. Even, Even without Italy, I have to say that I watch every game, not just because I have to write about it, but because I enjoy watching the World Cup. And maybe next time, at all point, we can improve the next World Cup. Get rid of the third place game, yeah. the yes. loser final. Yeah. Get rid of that. Like We don't need that game, seriously. I mean, there's no point in even mentioning it. It's Although that was quite a nice moment for Belgium, I think. They seem to really enjoy winning that game. I watched it, it felt like a little Wimbledon, bit of uh, validation of, of this kind of golden generation that you know that might be it for Belgium now really they might yes. never sort of reach those heights again so I watched the Tour de France okay so Wimbledon <laughs> Tour de France and you watch both the the game loser final yes right. you watched the game of course okay uh, was it a good World Cup overall then uh, before not the just wo- because France won before the World Cup I was a bit afraid that it would be like the World Cup of uh, one player like Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi or Neymar and what I enjoyed was that collective teams managed to go through until the semi-final at least and uh, and beyond. So I think this was also good. It's not like 
one one player can win the World Cup on his own. It mm. showed that it has to be a team, and this I think it was positive for this World Cup. Sadly, the next <coughs> World Cup in summer will be eight years, guys. Eight yes. years without a World Cup in summer. Okay, yeah. that's sad, huh? We Isn't enjoy. It? It. We might not even have a planet by then. Another snow. <laughs> I don't know if my liver can handle the World Cup and Christmas in the same month, by the yeah. way. That, that could be the end of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's the end of Dan and the end of this podcast. Uh, thanks from our... That's all, yeah. My thanks to Dan, Roman, Francesco, producer Demo. And we're done for a few weeks. You can get the entire back catalog on iTunes, should you miss our sweet voices. But we will be back in time for the start of the season. How many days till the start of the season? 30 odd. It's 1,560 days till the next World Cup. I know that. Okay. I'm counting. <laughs> well, let's speak then. Mm-hmm.